You're listening to Around Comics Book Club episode on the adventures of Luther Arkwright. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week our revolving panel guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. But this one is a different episode. This is our book club episode on the adventures of Luther Arkwright. Let me get you introduced to our uh, our panel of book club enthusiasts. Uh, first of all, is Mr. Brian Salazar. I'm not really a book club enthusiast. Yeah. More comic book enthusiast. Okay. But you are enthusiastic <laughs> of the book club. I love book clubs in general. <laughs> yes, I do. I just like getting involved in book clubs. Well, ne- next is uh, is the, the man who picked this book club selection. And I love clubs. I, I am, I'm the book com- I'm the book club enthusiast. I love books and I love clubs. <laughs> I hate but books. book clubs. I hate books. I love getting together and talking about books. I often don't read them. <laughs> I'm just there. I'm just sort of around asking questions. Lurking. Like, how do you think this ties into? You know, is this postmodern? <laughs> yeah, this, what do you think? Yeah. Well, Mr. Tom Caters, how are Hi, you? Hey, how are you? Good. And and this is uh, this is your episode. This is your life. This is my episode. This is your episode. Well, then let's keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> you you picked for us yeah. uh, the Adventures of Luther Arkwright by Brian Talbot, yes. and uh, we have been charged with uh, with reading this book, and now we are here to talk about you it. You make it sound like some sort of indentured servitude. It was. This was. Oh come on. Oh man, this book crunched my brain. Oh, because you had to like pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> So sorry, sorry if it required a, like more than your passing attention. <laughs> it did. Yeah. So I tell you what, I, I'm going to hand things over to you. Oh um, Jesus for, Christ! For, oh, for, first of all, I would I would like to thank. Uh, I didn't even bring my copy. Uh, I'd like to. This is your copy. You gave me. <laughs> oh your, yeah, that's right. Uh, I would like to thank InStockTrades.com for uh, for uh, increasing their discount on on Luther Arkwright, and I believe that it sold uh, exceptionally well at InStock. So I want to thank everyone out there listening to this that that bought it through them. Really God, appreciate. Jesus Christ! It. You have to suck on your fingers on the fucking mic. <laughs> This is barbecue chicken, man. <laughs> You've been eating the whole all through all three fucking shows. So I'd like to thank In Stock Trades for uh, uh, for sponsoring our, our book club selection. So uh, um, we'll have we'll have information on our new book club selection at the end of this episode. So, so thank you. Uh, Sal's, if you got whole, Sal's got the whole episode to think of what he's gonna pick. <laughs> I hope I figure it out by the end. Uh, uh, what's well, the sequel to this? All right, so Tom, why don't you why don't you tell us about uh, uh, why you picked the Adventures of Luther Arkwright, and then we'll get into our discussion uh, about I it. I picked the uh, Adventures of Luther Arkwright because I enjoy Brian Talbot's art and writing, and uh, I think it is a, a fantastic parallel universe story that uh, is very relevant to a lot of what people probably enjoy today in comics. You know, everyone who loves all the crazy Grant Morrison stuff, you need look no further than... <laughs> Jesus Sorry. Christ! 
Oh, I, I, I've, I've, I've turned his channel off. Don't worry about his it. His channel's gone. I'm done. I've finished, I finished eating. Would you like to over and he's going to be opening a bag of potato chips. Would you, would you like a burrito? <clears throat> I'm a little thirsty, though. Know. I apologize. No, I'm it's sorry. okay. It's okay. It's fine. But uh, if, uh, if you enjoy sort of the crazy Grant Morrison parallel universe ideas and stuff like that you look no further than the adventures of luther arkwright for really the sort of base of where i think a lot of that stuff actually comes from in modern in yeah. modern comics i mean because this is old this what, is a, what year was it uh, was it published 85 86 no. yeah something like i think that? uh you're gonna re- uh, so it's o- over two decades old well uh yeah it is over two decades old which yeah I think yeah. it was 86 is yeah. when it came out initially. I think it was um, collected in like 90, yeah. and uh, it's been through a few uh, few printings. I know there was a, it took a long time for the whole thing to come out, to, yeah. to come out in, in its totality. Different publishers. and uh, You know, I'm not sure who originally published it. I think it was in probably one of those British fly, magazines. Fly-by-night. Yeah, one of those <laughs> weird British fly-by-night. All that matters is we have this collected yes. edition mm-hmm. that is where you can read it, is in this. Well, I, I would definitely agree that um, you can see a lot of uh, a lot of the influence that it probably had on some of the other uh, great British writers that have done stuff in this vein since then, like yeah. uh, Grant Morrison and, and Alan Moore, maybe, and Garth and, Ennis. Garth Ennis and different yeah. guys. It, it, it's... Um, I mean, it's a sort of tour de force of of ideas. Yeah. Um, when initially, when I sat down to read it, uh, I had to get to a point in it where I uh, I just sort of stopped trying to look into it too deeply um, because there's just so much going on, and I mean, he 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 doesn't take any time to sort of set up. What the story is? You're thrown into the middle of a hurricane. Yeah, and and, um, I I initially when I started reading it, I was sort of like, wow, this is this is going to take some real heavy kind of thinking while I'm doing it. But then I got to a point where I'm like, well, I'm not going to enjoy the story. I don't think if I try that, if I try too hard to to sort of understand every single thing that is coming out of it, Um, because I think a lot of it is. Not necessarily experimental, but I think that, and and we've seen this in Brian Talbot's other work, where he just um, will make whatever he, whatever he wants to put in a book, he'll make it work somehow, um, and it's not not going to be traditional. It, you know, it's going to sort of go against the grain of what we've seen. It's breaking convention <clears throat> over and over and over again. Um, I mean, so th- I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this in this book. But once I got to a point in it where I was just like, okay, Luther Arkwright's just sort of a kick-ass character, and I'm just going to kind of pay attention to to that story and what he's doing, and not worry about. Um, you know the timelines necessarily, or when this is happening, in a, opposed to when other things are happening, and trying to make connections, or trying to even, on some level, make sense of some of the stuff. I mean, because there's especially the parts where you're sort of in Luther Arkwright's head yeah. um, is very, you know, this this sort of uh, free association sort of. Um, a stream of consciousness yeah. writing that he's doing, which makes total sense. We can, you know, if you're if you're basically reading someone's thoughts it's not going to be a linear kind of thing um so i kind of had to just step back from that a little bit and and try and and view it from 
uh, overhead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just go, okay, I'm just going to enjoy this story. And once I did that, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's kind of, you know, from a design standpoint, it's almost what you call the gestalt of it, is you have to step back and look at it as a whole yeah, instead yeah, of a each, bit, each yeah. individual. Well, I think there's, yeah. the, I mean, if, if you haven't read it, uh, the basic premise is, is that Luther Arkwright is working for, uh, a, there's a multitude of parallel Earths, and right. there's a group called the Disruptors whose goal is they're evil and they're trying to influence all the as many Earths as they can, as many Earths as they can, and there's one Earth, there's one world where there's no disruptor influence, and they have a giant machine that can track everything that's going zero, on. Zero zero. Yeah, and Luther is somebody who can travel to any of the parallels through his own force of will. Mm-hmm. Like he can just transport himself. So he's become this agent who goes around to the parallel worlds attempting to stop the disruptor influence and on one of these parallel worlds there's become a political situation where they think they can trap the disruptors into exposing where they're from because they don't know they they don't don't know which parallel the disruptors come from so their whole plan is to launch this um, political sort of situation where a war will break out and the disruptors will have to show up to prop up their agents in this world Uh, in the earth that they're on it's um, what when Oliver Cromwell took over England, what happened if the disruptors propped him up and he he stayed in charge for three hundred years? For three hundred years, yeah, and, stayed in charge. Yeah. So they've set up a situation where there's a war going on. Um, the monarchists, the people, the disposed royal family, is going to overthrow the Cromwell regime, and the disruptors are going to show up to make sure that Cromwell still stays in power. Arkwright is supposed to be able to track them back to wherever they've come from so mm-hmm. he can go there and destroy them. And at the same time, the disruptors have this um, this tool called the Fire Frost, which is this machine that's causing chaos throughout the entire multiverse. multiverse. Everything's starting to fall apart. It's like their ultimate endpoint, their ultimate plan to like ruin everything. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, and it's very ba- that's the very basic yeah. level of the story is that the other levels, of course, go to like the the... Cromwell is the most uh, repressed, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, a prudish sort of um, Ideal society. Of, yeah, like yeah. of of like just repressing creativity and everything. He represents sort of at the time in the eighties, you know, like the, the the British government and some of the sort of oppression that was going on the there. The Thatcher era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I think to some degree, he. You know, a. Uh, 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 a more pure or purely evil sort of uh, concept of that, and, and Luther is like this sort of freewheeling, like <clears throat> psychedelic, like having tons of sex everywhere. You know, <laughs> like he even he references the fact that Cromwell hasn't got very repressed views on sex, so it mm-hmm. becomes very much a, a sort of a commentary on. You have this very repressed society, and the forces of good are the people who are creative and crazy and weird and outcasts, right. and they don't fit into what you know proper Puritan society would assign right. as being the correct the correct way uh, to act. And this one of my favorite things about this book is that the art gets better as the book goes along. Yeah. You can see the that uh, by the end the art is just unbelievable it's, it's, for black and white. Like just They're, beautiful black and white art, just gorgeous. Two of the things art-wise that that really stood out for me was 
one, the level of detail in yep. some of the scenes, in background detail. I mean, there was stuff in there that just was amazing that he was doing. And two, some of the sort of special effects that he was doing yep. at this time. I yep. mean, I, I can't imagine how he even did some of it this without, not without computers. This was now, not I mean, yeah, there, there were panel, like full pages and stuff of stuff in there where I really was like, how did he do that? How did he create that effect? Without a computer, without having Photoshop, and doing it. it was unbelievable. There was stuff in there that just was phenomenal. But um, going back to sort of some of the other levels, I, I, one of the ones that I thought was sort of interesting was the idea of uh, of Arkwright as sort of this Jesus Christ Savior yeah. type of character, um, and 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 the idea of what if you were Jesus Christ and you didn't know it until your most important part of your life came up and then you started to sort of realize well, even that you were sort of this messiah-like figure. Jesus didn't know he was Jesus <clears throat> right. until he was 30. Right, right. You know? exactly. <laughs> right. And, and the same thing with Luther. Yeah. Luther is he is sort of you know living this life of adventure and... and it's and not really stuff. until the resurrection that he yeah, it and, really... And, yeah. But then he sort of becomes self-aware of the idea and, and has a hard time dealing with that to some degree of like you know I mean that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you're the savior of the of the multiverse. You got to save everyone. Yeah, you have to save everyone, and and uh, uh, so I mean, there's a lot in there that you can sort of delve into, and and I think it really, it really lends itself to rereading because of that. There's, I mean, you know, I think you can get a lot from it from multiple readings of it. But yeah, art wise, there was there was, and at some point I want to point out one of my favorite all time favorite panels in the book. Um, well, I guess I can just do, you it can do that now. There, there's uh, one of the other things about Luther is he's also a telekinetic, or yeah. a, he, he can um, sort of uh, he can read people's minds and push things around with his mind, but he can also influence other people's thoughts and emotions. Yeah. And there's a scene where um, he's uh, he's in this parallel universe where they're trying this sort of insurrection, and uh, it's a trap, and the the uh, king. Uh, I can't think of the king's name yeah, at the time, but anyway, the king, yeah. <clears throat> they're coming for him, and, and Luther's trying to convince him to run to get out of there. Oh, Charles, King Charles, Char Charles, sorry, and um, and he uh, he says he he touches him with a, a bit of fear. Yep. He tries to instill fear in him so he'll leave because he's he's uh, instead of trying to make a political stand. Exactly, it's like, so he, he's he, like, he, okay, he I need... didn't understand the the gravity of the situation right. that was getting ready to happen. So he's and, like, okay, I'm going to touch him with some fear and mm -hmm. get him the fuck out of there. And the scene, the panel is 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 just Luther and, and King Charles um, standing there close to one another, uh, and the background. And the foreground creates a skull with their two heads as the eye sockets. Yeah. And it was just such an amazing panel of not just the design of it, of the skull and, and their heads and everything, but uh, using that in in conveying the idea of, of instilling the fear of death in this guy. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. That, I mean, I, that panel just blew me away. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was just, just brilliant. He does done. really great faces. Like yeah. the faces in the book, there's so much expression and and acting within mm -hmm. the faces, which I think, for some reason in comic, that really bothers me in comics now. Like, faces. if there's anything in a comic that'll drive me away, is like if the faces don't do anything. Right. The faces are all just sort yeah. of just uh, very, the same yeah, thing, same, the same face, face over, over and again. over and over and over and over again. But I I. Uh, I, the art in this just always blows me away every time I look at it. I do have to say, like, 
as far as confusion over the story, there are there are things that he does that I think, especially in the beginning, with how he labels where you are, mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. very hard to follow. Yeah, and so uh, you yeah, fit, the, and I, he isn't consistent the whole way through. Yeah, like I, I honestly just got to a point where I'm, yeah. I ignored it. I'm like, I don't care yeah. about you know because he's labeling. There's a little header for each parallel yeah. universe that he goes into with a date and a or a time hour, code yeah. hour kind of thing. And I just got to the point where I'm like, I don't care. I, I don't care where yeah. you're. There's no shorthand, which I think yeah. would have made it a little easier to. I, I made the mistake. Of, I knew that this was a dense book before I started reading it. And so I kind of sat down writing notes and trying to keep Jesus, keep keep in place where I was and what was going on and and yeah it was, I was about twenty well, pages into it so okay I have to throw those away because I'm really I, I just need to jump in and not concern myself. There's really only you got your zero zero which is the home base. You have the first world where they're where they're on where the Crystal Palace burns. Mm-hmm. You have the place where they found the fire frost in the past and then right. you have the world where most of this story takes the, Cro- the Cromwell yeah, story where, 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 where most of this stuff is going on and I, think, I think the issue with me was just like trying to, to think of well does this matter like does it matter is there some sort of underlying message or some sort of underlying thing of like tying all those things together depending on where they're at or is there you know is there yeah, yeah and i don't think that they're really they're just was. locations they're just locations yeah, yeah they're just pinpoints on a map and it doesn't you know if you want to but you don't necessarily but i think in the beginning it's sort of because it's it, it's set up like that like you know from the from the very beginning you start seeing these these parallel universe locations it, it seems like it yeah. gives it some sort of importance but then by halfway through you don't yeah, you pretty yeah, much are in one place yeah, the yeah. entire time well yeah that and, and the storytelling actually clears up considerably as the book goes on it becomes much more linear much much more traditional storytelling and it goes back and forth from you know kind of this fever dream to more of a traditional storytelling style But and, and Arkwright's origin is mixed in yeah, you know yeah. like the, him his history yeah, and how he, he got to learning where, how he got to where he is, but uh, yeah, I mean the my one of my favorite concepts in the book is that he has like a a sidekick on every world named mm-hmm. Rose, who's mm-hmm. this woman who every one of her parallels is attuned to Luther. So right. like she is his contact on every world, but every world she's different because the world is different. She might be like. Uh, you know, I'm looking. There's a sequence where but she has a mental connection with all of her other selves. with all of her other selves. Where one of the roses dies, and all the other parallel roses know that she dies. And you see, like uh, the sequence of how all the different roses look on these. I mean, it's not important. It's a nerdy. If you love parallel universes, thing it's a it's a great concept to go through. But it also ties into one of my favorite art things. Is like for a book that fits so much stuff in there, are scenes where he slows everything down oh, to like panel by panel. Very very slow motion yeah. action, you know, people shooting each other. His well, there, well there, there's the scene where he's jumping through the the window. Yeah, near the and, end where yeah, and and so that takes like four or five pages, and along the left hand side you see him progress each page in this in this leap, and you see everything else that is happening on all the other parallel worlds at that moment. Right, and so it yeah, it what, builds the tension up so much for that that climax of the story. And that moment, where, yeah, that yeah. moment is yeah. What a great use that that is a comic book thing that you really can't do yeah. in any other medium. The, I thought it was brilliant. He does a great job of using. 
um, panel layout uh, for pacing on uh, multiple times over and over again you see it, one of my uh, one of the pages that just really hit me was um, uh, when the reporter uh, is getting beaten by the police yeah. mm -hmm. uh, just the I mean it was it was relatively simple uh, in how he did it but it just was really powerful in conveying how brutally this this character was being beaten by the by these uh, by these police officers and and it, you know it just was a masterful job of pacing and 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 like Tom said slowing things down to the point of slow motion um, in a comic that I hadn't really seen that use you know that that sort of thing done before um, and ridiculous airships are always good yes yeah. <laughs> worth their worth their weight in gold yeah like gigantic ridiculous uh, helicopter ships. And just uh, like those, are, those were the Prussians, right? Yeah, the yeah. sort yeah. of the all Crazy the sort Germans. of trappings of a parallel Earth story where you can have all kinds of little weird things like on this planet, you know, they don't have airplanes; they have giant dirigible helicopter ships that are like these war machines that go through. And you know what else? Actually, I had a really hard time with the first time I read it was keeping straight. That the monarchists were the good guys. Yeah, well, because of the queen. Yeah, because uh, in your head you don't often think of Anne, right? Yeah, Queen yeah. Anne. You have a hard time, I think, and, and I think it's that's kind of like the interesting challenge of it is in your head when you think of like who bad guys are. You always think, oh, the king's the bad person. Well, especially in the story. as us as Americans, yeah. sort of growing up thinking that a monarchy is the wrong way of doing things. And in this book, everyone wants the monarchy yeah, yeah. to come back. It's like a and it the monarchy is actually a symbol of like vibrancy and yeah. individuality. And uh, and he even put. I mean, even with uh, and I don't want to spoil anything, but. With Queen and Charles in that first uh, that moment, uh, you know, when when she sort of does what she does, yeah. and I, I'm not going to say what it is. I mean, that was a point where I was like, okay, well, is she part of you know what I mean? I was like, yeah. is, is she, she a bad, bad guy at that point? Is that you know? And so it was interesting for that. Uh, and then as the story progressed, to to sit there and go, well, no, she's you know, she's or just like the idea that monarchy is the correct way that the world. Should be, right, and that's right. like got the God appointed w uh, way of yeah, how yeah. things should be, and it's a little harder first to wrap your head around that because that's such not a way that I think we're used to reading yeah. fiction like that. Is the king's the is always the bad guy, the revolution who's ever thrown the revolution is the, is good, the good guy, guy yeah. and the revolution isn't usually the it's, king. It's it's the Star Wars generation, you know, the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, exactly. The good guys, you, you know? Yeah. That's how it, and the empire was bad. Yeah, um, you know, I, th I think that the the lines and uh, of what is good and, and evil get blurred um, throughout the book. You know, it's yeah, you have you have the the factions that that Luther sides with and the the disruptors, but um, I mean, there, there's faults in both sides. And yeah. well, I mean, the King Charles, who's the guy that they're all fighting, it's just he's a buffoon. Yeah. You know, like he's just an idiot. He <laughs> just happens to be king and just happens to be the person in charge of this revolution. Right. Because he's king, you know. So there's not any sort of like pretending that royalty is like infallible. Uh, infallible. I yeah. mean, and he, not to spoil it, but he dies. But I mean, he's, he's this goof who doesn't understand what he, he thinks that he's going to run into the battle and like inspire everyone. With a f the f it's his flag is the British flag with a silhouette of him. him yeah, in the middle, yeah, of, in the middle of it, you know. Like I love had, whenever they come back later, and it's like we, and we're, we're, and we're, we're using we're using his flag, flag but not with his we're silhouette. We're taking the silhouette <laughs> off of it, but the whole idea that this guy 
Yeah, everyone's like, oh, monarchy's the correct way, but then the guy in charge is just a adult. Which know? shows why monarchies maybe yeah. aren't, yeah. And he's quickly eliminated in, in exchange for somebody who's a much more effective effective leader of of a of a revolution. But yeah, I had a hard time wrapping my head around that the first time I read it. Just from the keeping track of who's good and who's bad, because at first it's a little hard to, to understand where the Prussians and where like the Russians yeah how do yeah. they fit into this story are they yeah, good guys yeah. or they are, but they're just pawns that, being used yeah. by by the good the good guys mm -hmm. to, to influence things yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of characters there's a lot of people to try and there, keep track of yeah. Yeah, and there, yeah there's a lot of characters there's a lot of text I mean, yep. there's there's text newspaper pieces. clippings, text pieces, uh, all sorts of little tiny things thrown in there. I mean, it is extremely dense and, and complicated. But like I said, I mean, once you kind of get past the initial part of it, it, it really starts to flow extremely yeah. well. And, and I personally think he does things in here, like especially Luther's death and, and, and resurrection, resurrection was yeah. pretty amazing in the idea that, you know, he, he does a lot of sort of... Um, you know, once again, stream of consciousness. There's a huge section of these stream of consciousness pieces, and it's certainly not the first of that that I've read in comics, but I thought for whatever reason it seemed to work better because he, while it's stream of consciousness, it's, um, it just makes more sense because it's simpler. Like, he doesn't try and use stream of consciousness in a comic and then also make the stream of consciousness incredibly complex. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, what the actual thoughts are, you know, it's like his thoughts are pretty simple. Like, you know, mo I think most of the time when we're thinking in our own heads, we're not necessarily thinking in complex ways. They're relatively it's more simple, base. Yeah. You know, but it would be hard to, for, for anyone to understand because it's not linear. It's not, a, you know what I mean? You're jumping all over the place. So I think that really worked well. And then there was like, you know, at one point there's three pages of, of basically white, there's, you know, with a few words on them mm -hmm. after this incredibly complex parts of, of dense blacks and, and tons of text and all this yeah. stuff. And then all of a sudden, bam, you have three pages of white. Uh, with just some, you know, a few words on it and that kind of thing. It's almost like a palate, palate cleanser. Well, know? yeah, it was yeah. a moment of, you know, it was a, a moment of clarity for Luther. Also, I mean, that was the point where he realizes who he is and yeah. sort of. Well, the whole resurrection. It was, it was, you know, while physically he died, and this was a physical resurrection. It was more a resurrection of the mind than it was yeah. of the body. And and you know, he he comes out of this a very very different person yeah it's his moment of, of realizing his importance in the universe and 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 sort of accepting it and going and then and then he's a you know incredibly powerful character going forward and, yeah I thought, uh, I thought they made a, a great point of that and uh and that i think it was Anne that said you know they'll be they'll be protected uh against what you can do and he's like well i'm i'm much powerful much more, more powerful, powerful than, than he was yeah, yeah. But I'll be more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I mean, I really, really enjoyed the book, and and it won't be the last time that I read it. I mean, I just no. thought it was. I'm gonna have to amazing. read it again. Um, it, it's it's one that. Uh, uh, you can keep it then. Okay, because <laughs> I, I, I I will read it again. It's one that um, I didn't like it, and then I liked it, and then I kept thinking about it, and and overall. I liked it. I don't know how much I enjoyed it yet. I, mm -hmm. I'm going to need to go back. I, but it's one of those that I was just like, man, this is just really not not hooking with me right now. Well, I definitely, and I mean, I like, it, it I, took me a while. It took me a while to like get in, I think, in the right headspace to read it because I mm -hmm. kept putting it off going, 
I got and I, I I literally read it in one day. I like sat down and in like three hours read the whole thing. And I think because I couldn't kinda, stop. I think you kind of need to do this. Is not one to pick up for you know fifteen or twenty minutes a day for yeah. for a few weeks. I think this is one that you sit down and you read, and then you're like, okay, I need to read that again. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a, I don't remember when I, it was like a Saturday afternoon and it was raining and I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna sit down and read, read. this whole friggin' thing and and I, I I really did like it. I mean, actually more than I thought maybe I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's a fascinating work and like you said, if you look at it and then in the context of this was you know eighty five eighty six, and you see all the things that guys like Morrison and Warren Ellis and those guys have have probably taken from it and you see in in any kind of work that deals with you know sort of parallel universes or the you know parallel british monarchy especially i mean yeah. you, you know you, you look at a you know um the league of extraordinary gentlemen you you know you look at a lot of ellis's work that kind of stuff i mean it's just like wow this guy packs all of that there would, there would, there would be no final crisis without <clears throat> without uh well uh, i mean, well, I, mean I don't you know I, I, yeah i don't uh, <laughs> i mean i think all those guys have given credit to mm-hmm. talbot for for I think, inspiring you know and that kind of thing but it's just amazing to see it all in like sort of packed in one volume mm-hmm. And and how many ideas he and this and, was originally a nine issue series I, I believe yeah Something from like Dark Horse but I don't think it started at Dark Horse I think it no, was printed it, in, it was printed in Dark Horse eventually and that's how it came out I'm I'm bummed that we're it, gonna have to look look this up look this up. it's all on Wikipedia <laughs> I didn't think it uh, I'm uh, I was bummed that it didn't come in uh, this week but I ordered the three disc audio drama. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. You're gonna have to tell me if it's any good. I'll, I, I will. I'll and there's a sequel. It's a, a yeah. D- David Tennant who oh. uh, plays the tenth Doctor. Uh, he is Luther Arkwright in the I radio drama. I can see that working. Yeah, I don't I know who that is. I know. I told Sal that, and he's like, tenth Doctor. What? What the fuck what is that? Watching that Doctor Who b- <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> well, no. I was just. He just says. He, oh, he played the tenth Doctor. I'm, what is what? the tenth Doctor? What, is the tenth what doctor? the fuck does that mean? There's ten of them. All at once. No, I just. There's but also a sequel. It's the tenth Doctor. Come on. There yeah, is sorry. a sequel to this uh, Heart of Empire, which yes. is also through Dark Horse, which is also we've talked about that before. And it's in color. It's in color. Yeah. Very, very good. It's very, very good. Very, a continuation of this. Story. But I, I think this book definitely. I think anyone that picks it up, you might start struggling with it initially. Um, it's it, it's a little hard to get into, but I think hang in there. Yeah, because the art gets better, the story gets better, and the story sense. gets story yeah. gets clearer. Uh, I think it's. I think the, it gets better too. I, I mean, think it's better, it's, but it also gets. It's very much a, a hurricane-like fever dream at, at the, the the beginning of it, and then you kind of start to untangle what's going on, and then it. Yeah, it it gets better. It gets clearer. Come on, so. it ain't that complicated. <laughs> well, <laughs> it wasn't that. I mean, in the beginning, it's just like what the you know you have to kind of. Like I said, I think you just that. have you just have to forget about any of that yeah. and just read it for what it is. Don't don't try and examine it. Just read mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah. just try and enjoy the story and the character because it's a very cool story and a very cool character enjoy the kick-ass fight scenes yeah yeah it, it is a bloody book yes yeah it is it is uh you know and definitely i think that's one of the main themes that that runs through it and, and, and sex and the, yeah and lots of sex, sex. And, but yeah his, his, his uh his you know uh resolution at the at the end of the book is you know his his views on violence which kind of go back to a much earlier story in his there's a ton of know. crap i mean there's a ton of ideas and philosophies mm-hmm. and 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 sort of you know all sorts of stuff packed in the book and you could spend yeah. probably you know a lifetime trying to sort of disseminate it all and, and mm-hmm. figure it all out but I, don't, I think ultimately there isn't 
there isn't necessarily something to figure out. It's just Brian Talbot's thoughts mm-hmm. and put down in a comic book and uh, with an amazing kick-ass lead character. Yeah, who's a badass. Yeah. Badass English dude. Badass. He looks a little, you know, suspect. But yeah, he might kick his ass if I, you see you know, him. I, I love that he he basically has a a, a, a woman in every every uh, parallel. Port that in he every gets. storm. Man. Yeah, he does have a port in every storm. He's got a, yeah, he's got in, no <laughs> problem getting laid. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. No. All right. Well. well um, uh, Tom, thank you so much for picking a. Uh, it's my pleasure. A, a, I'm sorry to twist. I twisted your mind around. You, tw- you, you had me. Yeah, you had me worried for a while. I was like, oh man. But uh, no, I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I got through it, and and I did enjoy it, and I will reread it again. But uh, it's it's a unique book. Yes, it is a unique book. All right, Sal. Yes, the time has come. Shit, the time. She's just looking. We're in an empty room. We're in an empty room. There's nothing. I can't. I have no reference. Yeah, there's nothing on the walls here. Uh, Oh God, what do I? I don't even know. I forgot this part of it. I I was so busy trying to read the book and I forgot what. um, It's one of your favorite trades. One of my favorite trades. it's nice that we. Uh, well, I actually want to read something that I haven't read before. Okay. Maybe. So um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Swamp the the new Swamp Thing the Alan Moore Swamp Thing the, the uh, Saga of the Swamp Thing Saga of the Swamp, 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 swamp Thing hardcover. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that because I haven't read that. So okay. uh, I've I've attempted to a couple of times and I've started it, but I haven't read it that whole first volume yet or the, the issues that are in that volume yet so and I really kind of would be interested to see what you guys think of it too because you know it's one of the few Alan Moore works that I haven't Ever. completely right. digested I know I know that Tom is a fan of it I'm a fan of it um, looking forward to rereading it uh, I don't have the price at the moment but by the time uh, that this airs uh, we will uh, well, maybe twenty nine ninety. We'll uh, we'll get in touch with the the fine folks at in stock trades and it'll know, be I'm discounted sure I'm sure they'll have a, a very nice discount on that so uh, so there there you go the next book club uh, selection is Saga of the Swamp Thing I believe it's volume one it's the new yes. hardcover that just came out Alan Moore go. and uh, Steve Bissett uh, yes. 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 There you go. I just saga. Is Wrightson too? No, right. I, I believe, I believe the Wrightson right, was. Okay. Before. I, I can they, never keep track. Yeah. So. yeah, he did the. Uh, we'll talk all about this. That's uh, issues one through nineteen with Bernie Wrightson and then uh, Steve Bissett. So it'll be three months more. before we actually do this. Yeah, episode. yeah. So, so we'll have plenty. Uh, no, 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 no. All right. Let's wrap this up. Uh, everyone, thank you for the hell out of this empty room. Yeah, I know. We've been. It's still free comic book day for us, so we've been in Studio B at Challengers for. I probably should have mentioned this on a previous episode, but I wanted to mention a book that I was sent Mm -hmm. by a publisher, um, Vegamation Press, vegamationpress.com. They sent me a book uh, that was actually pretty cool. It's called Introducing, and it's sort of like a, uh, almost like a portfolio book on on a handful of artists, um, including Jeff Cruz, Corin Stone, Christopher Copeland, who I believe is a Chicago guy, Bob Strang, and uh, Alina Urusov. Um, and it's uh, it's a thin sort of collection of of basically kind of portfolio book yeah, uh, a, stuff. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, and it's, but the idea is to introduce you to these artists and some really cool art. So if you if you see it on the shelves, um, I would recommend maybe checking it out. It's uh, I don't even know what the price is. It doesn't even this copy doesn't. It's called introducing. Yeah, it's called introducing from Vegamation Press. 
Um, and there's some really just really sweet, cool art in it. So if you're just an art fan, I would say check it out and check out some of these artists. So, All right. Outstanding. Okay. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for uh, playing along at home. Uh, if you haven't read uh, The Adventures of Luther Arkwright, please do so. I think you might enjoy it. Tell you it. to do it. Do, do it. it. All right. And Don't we will. Be a pussy. Um, yeah. Everyone, get into um, it. Have a great uh, rest of your rest of your weekend. We'll be back on Monday with a regular episode of Around Comics. Uh, in the meantime, in between times, times on para- different parallels, uh, Earths will be everywhere. In you know, it's amazing. It's only like two o'clock in the afternoon, and Tom still looks like it's eleven thirty at Let's night. Get out of here! And he's sick of talking about comics. We'll be everywhere in but around comics. It's a parallel Earth where our show is a newsletter. <laughs> Put it out on a little papers, a scroll. You hand deliver it. The Falcon delivered a new episode of Around the Comics. Around the Comics scroll. Yes. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production. Copyright 2009. You get around comics through a whispering worm that you put in your ear. Free <laughs> idea. You come up with this stuff. I don't know. I don't know. My whispering worm is broken. The USB port no longer works. Causes my computer to crash. <laughs> this is the 